Welcome to the Small Church Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we are helping the small church fulfill the big mission. My name is Brian, and I am a fellow small church pastor in the trenches with all of you wonderful people and also with you, Joey. But today I'm joined alongside of me, as usual, the most bestest people that you are going to listen to over the next 30 minutes or so. Joey and Colby, what's going on, guys? My life is dope, and I do dope things. Oh, yeah, that's what's up. Joey, and I'm up? blessed. He's blessed. He's blessed, highly favored, over the moon, the best there ever was, the head and not the tail. I'm trying to think of some other stuff that he is that I can say on the air. I'm not that, sure. That's probably the end of the list of what we can say on there. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be. There we How go. you doing? I'm doing fantastic, I think. And so... That's uh, that's it, yeah. It's been a little while since we've been in the room here. I know, but it's good to be back. It is. Today we are in episode 63, fellas. How crazy is that? It feels like we just got this thing started like a week or two ago, but we're on episode 63, and today we're talking about leadership. Imagine that. The Small Church Leadership Podcast talking about leadership. Well, what facet of leadership are we talking about? No sound effect on that, like a clapping sound or anything like that. <laughs> well, you forgot about a sound it. effect. No, I didn't forget. I just got in trouble. So I, I'm trying okay. to not get in trouble All on right. this one. I'm trying to behave and be a good boy on this one. So today our topic is what do you do when there is another leader in the building or maybe gasp multiple leaders in the building that are a bet that are better leaders than you are as the senior pastor. <gasps> How do you handle that scenario? Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is me. I'm hand, I've handled that situation scenario poorly as well. It's one question I would have is where does these leaders come from? Where do where if they're a better leader, what are you saying they're a better church leader than I am or is there other areas that they might be better leaders but they have leadership skills in there? Yeah, that's, that's a leading a, question. That's a really good question. And I think that the answer is a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, possibly like I'm in a scenario right now where there's a guy who's on our team who is like Mr. Community Groups. He ha- he was hired on staff at another church to do that. And he knows that better than I know it. So he's a better leader in a church ministry role. But there have also been stories, and we all have them, of people that maybe they're business leaders or maybe they're business owners that are also on various boards or serving in various ways in our churches where maybe they're not better, quote, ministry leaders, but they're better people leaders or financial leaders or whatever. So the answer to that is both and. What do you do if you're in a room or you're on a staff or you're on a church leadership committee, whatever it is, and there are other people who can can move people and create and maintain systems better than you can? So that's a great leading question, and thanks for helping us clarify that. Colby, what do you think about it, man? So I was thinking there are none, but that would be egotistical of me because <laughs> there, then I, I was happy that you 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 clarified not just one but many uh, multiple leaders in the building that are better leaders than me. It, I mean, I've got a rock in my office that is probably a better leader than I am <laughs> at times. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I would agree with Joey poorly who deal with yeah. it poorly at times. Um, probably do it well at times too. I don't want to say we're always poor at what we do. Uh, but there's probably times where we, we excel at it. We do a yeah. good job, but there's definitely times where you step back and man, man, I blew that one. Yeah, that's good perspective too. And thank you for bringing that up. I know I 
have historically viewed leadership as kind of like either you do it right or you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And really, the, the truth is, is like there are multiple shades of right and wrong. And we're not talking about morals, right? Like morals are right or wrong. But we're yeah. talking about like, ah, uh, I got a little insecure or a little defensive when this happened. And maybe next time I won't be defensive and insecure. Or, hey, I handle that like a champ. Mm-hmm. And so there are definitely many different facets of that. So here's a here's a big question, guys. Are we okay with people in the room being better leaders than we are? Do you want the honest answer or you want the <laughs> spiritual answer? Okay, give me the spiritual answer first. Yes, of course I would Praise be. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, now what's the honest answer? No, I want to be the best one in the room. Isn't that true, though? Now, we, we won't say that out loud, but, like, we all want to be the best leader in the room. I, I know I do, and I, I think I can speak for you guys. Like, yeah. we even in this room, I'm like, oh, can I be Which one of us could be the better leader in here? <laughs> But yeah, like nobody wants to be the vice president. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we want to be like the person in charge. Like we want to be the one who's like making it happen and who at the end of the day, they're dumping the Gatorade on us and carrying us off on their shoulders. There was a time where I was very much secure with being vice president. Uh, there, I was in the Air Force and there was some different programs that I was part of and different organizations, uh, that I would do off, you know, off duty stuff. And I loved being the vice president because I could use that stuff as my, uh, for my evaluations, but I never had to do anything because the president was always there and took care of things. When I learned <laughs> that I hated being vice president is when the president deployed and I had to take over as the president. Then I realized I needed, I needed to be in charge of everything. And it, it, it messed me up that way because at that point it was like, I needed to be the best leader in the room. And if there's one better than me, I need to be better than them or give up completely. Yeah. And so, so it's funny how like the perspective changed yeah. when you got in that role. Yeah. And I, I think like I've never been in the military. So my experience is a little bit different in terms of the, the context, but the, some of the same principles abounded. Yes. When I was, not a senior pastor. I knew more than the senior pastor that I served with. When I was a worship guy or when I did youth, I knew so much more than the senior pastor did. And if he would only listen to me, and, and to make matters worse, I'm going through Bible college at the time. So one of the worst things you can have in your church is a seminarian or a Bible college student because they're going to come up and tell you that you mispronounced a Greek word or something like that. And I'm going... Uh, now that I have, you know, I'm in like year 13 as a senior pastor, I'm going, man, that guy was such an idiot. Who, and that guy being me. Like that. And so, yeah. I've had I, a lot I of those conversations with, with myself. <laughs> it's like with parenting or marriage. Yeah. You think you've got it figured out until you start doing it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. It's all good till it ain't. So what would be some of the main reasons why we wouldn't be okay with somebody being a better leader in the room than well, we are? You know, for me, is insecurity. We talked about that in one of our last podcast episodes is, the, is leadership insecurity. And I just, I want to be the hero. And I feel like if there's somebody in the building who's like, the, the I, I would be great as Superman pre-Justice League, League. Or I would be great as like an individual character, like I'm Iron Man. I'm not part of the Avengers. I'm my own thing. Now, I know Iron Man is part of the Avengers, but like... My insecurity will not let somebody else win sometimes, and I have to constantly fight that because in my brain, there's this this little boy who's going, oh, but if somebody is a better leader than you, then you're not good enough. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Like It's just simply not true. It's wrong. So for me, it's insecurity. Uh, for me, it would be insecurity, too. I can't think of other reasons besides my insecurity. Yeah. 
and wanting, you know, are they going to take my job or mm. are they going, people are going to start following them instead of following me. And, and I, so I, I use the, my insecurity sabotages these things. Mm. Yeah. Would would pride fall underneath that uh, insecurity? Oh, that would be a good one. Yeah, pride, pride is one of my things. It's it's kind of like my my badge of horror. Um, that I I am I I deal with it. I, I mean, I really do, and I've, I've shared that with my congregation that your pastor's got a lot of pride issues that God's working on. But um, I would I would have a man. I don't want to say I'd have a problem with a better leader because I've got I've got them, but it. It gets to me because I I have that pride of I'm the senior pastor, I'm the one that's supposed to be making all the hard decisions, and I don't want to, but I am the one. I am the man. I have to take care of this, and it's it's stupid, but pride. Yeah, and you know we see that happening with some of these pastors that have to make every hospital visit and have yeah. to dedicate every baby and have to preach every sermon and all of that, and. Like it just, it's important for us to constantly keep our finger on the, our pulse emotionally and spiritually. Like, do we have insecure insecurity? Do we have pride? <clears throat> Here's another one. Just downright, maybe you just don't like the other leader. Like maybe you love them in the Lord, but you don't like their personality. And it's like when they're around, as leaders, we can sometimes tend to make things about us. And it's okay when I'm doing it, but it's not okay when you're doing it. Yeah. And so maybe we've got somebody on our team who's not even a negative person, but we start seeing that influence go from us to them. And we get like John the Baptist followers. You remember the story in uh, John's gospel that John the Baptist disciples, they go to him and they're like, teacher, the one who you baptize is like, he's baptizing people. In other words, they're like starting to get some leadership. Like, why is this guy growing? Like, I thought we were the important thing. And John's response is so powerful. He's like, well, first of all, a man can have nothing except what God's given him from above. (laughs) So this is not like my idea. This is God's idea. And second, he must increase and I must decrease. Like, that's the goal. And I'm not, I'm not as good with that as a leader around the table sometimes. Yeah, I would, man, I, I, put yourself in John the Baptist's shoes or sandals. Yeah, I mean, he was like, would, he was, <laughs> would you, how, how much, I, I don't think I could have done that. I mean, it would have devastated my ministry to see these people just leave me and go to the one that I was teaching about. Right. Right. The one that I know is, is the one, but this is, I'm building my castle here, yep. Jesus. What are you doing? You're taking my people. Yeah. And translation for modern pastors, people that you've poured into go to another church. Yeah, especially if they go to that despised church from that person you don't mm. like. Or, let's, let's move on, right? Or or they go to that mega church because they're not really preaching the yeah, true they're, gospel. They're evil. Yeah, and like again, we're not baptizing that everybody who leaves leaves in a good way or in a right way. But it would be difficult to be John the Baptist in that respect. Yeah. Like we think about him being this big bold prophet, but he was also very humble to be able to accept his role as a messenger. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about this. Joey, you had some interesting training from Fred Pryor that really deals with this. Would you kind of share some of that with us about just 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 open up our leadership capacity with that? Well, I've mentioned this before and I keep mentioning it because I need to keep reminding myself of it. So I don't (laughs) keep doing this and I can change the way I do things Uh, in leadership. uh, They said if you're if you're organization needs a leader that's at level eight, whatever level eight looks like is needed. And you're a level five. There's three options that you have. 
And the number one option that most people chooses is they sabotage their their organization to where it only will meet a five liter where you're at and yeah. bring it down to your level so then you're comfortable at that level. Yeah, I don't like that you're looking directly at me <laughs> while you're saying this, but ouch. Like I see so much of that sabotage when I look in my rearview mirror as a leader. And I'm just trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Just so That's you know. right. That's why you're looking at me because God's <laughs> telling you to, yes. <laughs> no, and, and that's been my tendency to sabotage it. And that's why my insecurity or my pride or whatever won't let me have better leaders in there. And then I complain, I don't have leaders in the building. I oh, need wow. leaders, Lord. So, so how do you sabotage so I can do it when I have some, no, that's not, that's not true, but, but how do you sabotage somebody's leadership or sabotage the ministry that they're doing that, that it would cause, cause this, this issue? That's a great question. I wish I had better answers for that. And so we're probably going to answer off the cuff. So we might think of some stuff better yeah. that we could put on the Facebook yeah. page yeah. later. I, some I content. Some ways that I've sabotaged it. I've refused to make announcements for certain leadership stuff. Mm. And I've been, I've, I've said, well, our policy for announcements is so and so knowing that if I make this announcement, more people will gravitate towards that. And that's just flat out me being a child and immature as a leader. So not making announcements from the stage about certain things have been things that I've done to sabotage it. Also not letting people fully be a leader over something like for, I talked about this small groups person that we have on our team right now, Paul, he's a great leader. I love the guy. He's I've prayed him into the building, but we've had some conversations where he's wanted to change the name of some things and he's wanted to take some ownership of it. And I've been like, Oh, I don't want to turn you loose with this. And part of it is I want to control it. And so I can sabotage that leadership by not turning him fully loose. And so what I've had to do is I've had to say, you're the guy, you go do it. And there were even a few questions that I could have answered that was sent to me and him in a, in a group text. And I was like, nope, I'm going to let him answer it. Because if I answer it, I'm cutting his legs out from under him. So when you give somebody a leadership position and then you take responsibility for it. That's a way that you can sabotage it. Giving them, those are two that I've done for sure. Giving them a task that you know they won't succeed at so they oh. look like a failure. Uh-huh. Okay, so I asked the question to see if what I did uh, or what I do would would fall into sabotage, and it didn't when Brian spoke. And then when he opened his pie hole <laughs> over there, now all of a sudden it's like, all right, Colby, you fall into that category. So, yeah, that's uh, that was the one I was kind of thinking of was, you know, setting some... Right? <laughs> Setting somebody up for failure by yeah. allowing them to do something that they're passionate about, they're just not equipped with. Or, or don't let people go and help them out. Keep people from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people hoarding. So uh-huh. I, we were, we were interviewing for a church and the senior pastor at the church, uh, wanted a youth minister and a children's minister that wasn't going to develop a team. That they were going to be alone back there because he didn't want anybody to leave his sanctuary to help with the children's day. He wanted everybody down there to hear him. We chose not to go there because we knew we couldn't develop people. Yeah. That we had to do ministry alone. And so that would be a way to sabotage somebody's ministry, not willing to give them resources to accomplish that minute because it might take away from you. Yeah. You know, another way that we have sabotaged ministry before is the fallacy that every ministry is equally important in the church. And so because I can't give kids ministry $10,000, I'm not going to devote $10,000 to fixing the roof, right? 
Right. Like if if the roof is leaking, that ministry that's most important right now is fixing the leaking roof. And so I've sabotaged leadership by doing something like, well, we don't have enough people in our kids' ministry, so why do we need to start a youth ministry? And that's just sabotage. Now, sometimes there's wisdom in that, but also sometimes it's sabotage. Like every ministry in your church is not created equally. That's why you give a certain allotment to praise and worship in terms of the time on a Sunday morning. You give a certain allotment to the sermon because we think mm-hmm. those two things matter. Right. Announcements don't get the same amount of time. And that's okay because announcements don't require the same amount of time. And so it's this idea of chess versus checkers. In checkers, every every piece is the same. And in checkers, every piece is different and it has different functionality, different rules, all of those kind of things, different values. We're not saying people have and ministries have different value in the eyes of God and their 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 the people in that is, ministry is, is right, less. Right. We're not, saying, we're not that. saying that. But but like if I have a choice between doing outreach and preaching the gospel to people or uh making sure that our PowerPoint slides look perfect. I'm going to choose preaching the gospel first. I'm going to put 80% of my energy into that and you know 20% into the others. So yes. sabotage is one way for sure. Yeah, so we talked that that's the unhealthy way that you deal when your leadership is not where it needs to be to lead the organization that you're at. So the two healthy things that you need you could do is number one, choose to lead the organization because you can't lead them to where they need to go. And sometimes that's the decision you need to make. Is, is okay. I, I'm not the leader that can lead them there. So I've led them as far as I can. I need to step out of the way and let the leader come in. They can lead them to the next letter. The better thing, I went not better because that might be the best option. The next thing that you can do is raise your level of leadership, which means you've got to change. And the reason people choose sabotage is that they don't want to change. I don't want to change. Uh, I want to be the, I want to, I want to lead this way. I want to be where I'm uncomfortable at and it work out for me. But that may not be the reality of the situation. So if I'm in that situation, I need to step up and learn to be a better leader. So let me make sure that I got this right. You said there are three things. Three things. And the first one is that we sabotage it. Yeah. And you said the other two just then, right? The right. The other two is, so number one is sabotage. Number two is we leave so that people can find a better leader. And then number three is we can step up and become the leader that is needed. Yes. Okay. And and so the sabotage was the bad thing, the other two are are better things uh but then there's i think a fourth one which is probably uh as bad if not worse than sabotage is bring everybody down to your level yeah and that's probably i think that's sabotage is that right? what, yeah is that bringing what, them down bringing, to your bringing, level. bringing like the whole organization down yeah. to your yeah level. yeah that, yeah and, and yeah that would be okay yep i see that Never and mind. if i can't if i'm sabotaging and bringing down to my late level good leaders won't stay Right. Good leaders will go somewhere else. And so now I'm stuck in a cycle where I don't have good leaders because they can't get above my level of leadership. And if we're not careful, we'll blame those people that are leaving. Well, it's their fault. They're not committed to the vision. They're not spiritual enough. They're not willing to submit or serve when in reality, maybe we're sabotaging it. Okay, now now you're getting a little personal. Okay, sorry. sorry. I have a friend. (laughs) Now, this is for a different podcast. Why are you looking at me this time? (laughs) Hey, I'm sorry. Listen, I learned this a long time ago. I am rubber and you are glue. (laughs) Right? What you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. So here are some interesting things, though, as we kind of deal with that. We've got to just allow other people to lead. We've got to get to a place of security where we're okay with there being people that are better leaders than us around the building. Because here's the thing. For pastor, church leader that's listening, 
when you have better leaders around you, guess what? The tension decreases on you because it's now spread out to multiple people, other leaders. So you're not just the main one driving, the main one pulling it. And so we need to learn to allow others to lead. So here are a handful of ways that we can allow others to lead. One thing you got to do is you've got to let other leaders get some wins under their belt. Joey mentioned it earlier that one of the things we'll do to sabotage is give people impossible tasks to accomplish. And now we would never say that they're impossible tasks, but sometimes we'll send people into no-win situations. And um, I know for me, I have often tried to use failure as a teaching and a training place for people, but instead of I've created that failure. And so I've sent them out on these no-win scenarios knowing that they're going to fail because I haven't equipped them. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I can teach them something from the lesson, why can't I teach them something before the lesson? By equipping them first and then sending them into there. So we got to get give people some wins by letting let, let people get some wins under their belt by giving them an achievable tasks. Achievable tasks. Like in my, my illustration with the guy that's doing small groups for us right now, he knows how to do small groups. He's got a great system. So I've just said, hey, go and make it happen. Let me resource you. Help me use my influence to add to your influence so you have more pocket change because people see that I'm validating and I'm pouring my – I'm submitting to what you're trying to do, and I'm giving you my influence. And we're fearful that when we do that, that's going to take – Leadership from uh, people going to look down yeah. on us, but I think a lot of times they look and go, "Oh man, look at the person that you brought in or the person that you released to do that," and they think better of your leadership than thinking less of your leadership. Yeah, I, you, you just think about people that are financially generous. We think about them. I do. I, I think I'm speaking for all of us. But when I think about people that are super generous, I tend to think they're better human beings than the people that I think that I know in my life that are super stingy. I just tend to, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that I am. I think that generosity from heart comes from being a better person in general. But the same is true with our leadership and our influence. Very rarely have I seen people in in churches go, oh, that pastor just develops leaders and lets them lead, and I'm never going back to that church, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I've, But how many times have we heard this story? Well, we wanted to get involved with the sound team, or we wanted to get involved with youth ministry, or we wanted to get involved with the outreach ministry, but nobody would ever let us do anything, so we just left, and now here we are at your church. So that's something that's very important to let others lead in that way. If you want to sabotage your small group guy, please sabotage him my way. Sabotage me, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say faith outreach would be a good place to sabotage yeah, him too. He passes us to go to you, so yeah. you, it's you funny, man, because like I sat with him at, at it was like a two hour meeting, and he's paint. He is literally he's brought like a forty five page handbook that walks through all the possibilities of small groups and things that I've been praying for for years. This guy's saying out loud. And I still had a problem with some of the stuff yeah. because I still have insecurity and I still want to sabotage. I want to pull our church down to my level instead of getting out of the way. Like God, think about how God views this. He's like, I'm sending you people. Will you just get out of the way? Get over yourself, man. Like, gosh, it's like Jethro came to Moses and was it Exodus 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there. And he's like, this thing you're doing is not good. You're wearing yourself out and you're wearing the people out. Yeah. Man, like, come on, somebody. Help me, Jesus. So we're going to talk about some training we were in, and we'll get to that in a minute. But part of that is we were sitting in that training, and I heard this question. Now, I don't know if he said it like this, 
but this is how I heard it. God can't send you good leaders because he can't trust you with those good leaders. Yeah. Because you're not going to use them. You're going to hurt them. Yeah. Now, now, Colby, you weren't at this training, <laughs> but when when that came out, I had to grab Joey and hold him back because he was about to run up to the stage and drop kick this dude. You can't talk to me like that. <laughs> in front of all oh. these people. Yeah, in front of yeah. all these people. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like that's a sad reality. And I'm really starting to, since that, evaluate my own heart and my own stinginess as a leader. Like, am I a trustworthy person that God can send leaders to? And like, as a, as a parent, I'm praying for my, my kids' future spouses that they will be the perfect godly fit for them. Like, can I not be the perfect godly fit for these leaders that God's sending? Like, wow. And so from that training, this training is actually, uh, there are four keys that we want to share in closing here about how to develop the leaders around you. And so just as we get ready to go into that, Colby wants to tie up yeah, so, on this one. So we just talked about uh, get, letting them get some wins under their belt, uh, by, and, and that's how you would allow them to lead. I was going to throw in there also, don't fire them if they have a failure. Oh, oh, that's in, so good. Encourage them. Even because because you do an event and they you know they're all fired up for it and and three people show up and, and they're just down in the dumps and and but you got to encourage them even even if it was a colossal failure never tell them see see you're just not equipped for this develop them by encouraging them hey listen what did you learn from this what can we what what do you think could happen better next time. So you need to encourage those leaders. So yeah, we want them to get those wins, but we also don't want to destroy them if it doesn't win. That's so good, man. Yes, that is. Because we if the truth is all of us probably in this room, if we got fired at our first loss, oh man. We wouldn't have a job right now, right? Well, I, I started August 5th, 2012. I'd got fired on the 6th. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely would be a coaching carousel right. if that were the case in pastoral ministry. And I think that this is something that is really often overlooked is the value of encouraging people during the middle of a failure. Mm-hmm. I read something that's been going around social media lately that said, don't give someone a lecture that needs a hug. And Ooh, isn't that good? Say that again? So, don't give somebody a lecture that needs a hug. That's so good. And like... Let's face reality. In ministry, very rarely does it happen the way you prayed or expected it to happen. And I think that for many of us, when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, God, we're so glad we're here. Can we talk about a few things? <laughs> right, right? Because I've prayed for this, and you said that, you know, greater things than, or, you know, all of this, but, but I haven't seen greater. Like, what's the deal? And I think part of being a senior leader that can help develop other leaders to be better and to also get us out of the way is by helping them have perspective that man, this might be a look like a failure, but we can learn and we can grow from this. Mm-hmm. And so that's, those are huge things, man. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to hit these four keys to developing the leaders around you. We're going to do that really quickly. And uh, probably at a later podcast, we'll unpack these a little bit more, but here are those four keys. I'm just going to give you the keys and then we'll come back and kind of talk about any one of them that jumps out. So number one, you've got to put energy into becoming a healthy leader. How do you develop leaders around you and how do you let other leaders be better leaders around you? Number one, put energy into becoming a healthy leader. Number two, create an atmosphere where leaders can speak truthfully. 
create an atmosphere where leaders can speak truthfully. And here's a little caveat where they can speak truthfully to you personally and to others. This is I don't mind do. them correcting other people. Right, now. but don't let them correct me because that's when we got a problem. So we'll talk about that. And then number three, give the right leaders a place at the table. Give the right leaders a place at the table. Emphasis on the word right. Every person that's a leader in your building is not the right leader to be around the table, but also that doesn't mean that there are wrong leaders too. So one of the things uh, that's a, a, a good quality of leadership is having proper people in the right places. So get the right leaders a place at the table. And then number four, know what kind of leader you're looking for. Know what kind of leader you're looking for. A lot of times we fail in church world because we just put people in the wrong spots. Anybody's better than Anybody's nobody. Anybody's better than nobody. And that's just not true, right. right? Like think about it in terms of praise and worship. You got that sister or brother that thinks that they can sing because their grandmama's always told them they're good, but nobody else has been a Simon Cowell to them to tell them they're bad. You don't want that person on the stage singing with a microphone. Now, Maybe this is another podcast for another episode, but know what kind of leader it is that you're looking for. So, guys, what jumps out at you from those four things? Well, you said you had to hold me back when he said uh, <laughs> you attract people like you, and maybe God can't trust uh, God can't trust you with the leaders. That's why you don't have any. But you had to hold me back also when he says you attract people like you. That so, if you want healthy leaders, you got to be a healthy leader. Uh, that hurt. It hurts, and it's like, oh, doggone it, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm not going to have healthy leaders if I'm not being a healthy leader. And so I got to work on becoming a healthy leader, building those healthy habits in my life. That's going to help me have. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to the Craig Groeschel leadership podcast the other day. And he says, he's been saying this lately. Everyone wins when the leader wins. And when you focus on being better, you're helping your leadership and your organization, your church get better. Kobe, what about you from those four? What jumped out? Give the right leaders a place at the table. Uh, is it, was it Jim Collins that said getting the right people on the bus, but not only just getting them on the bus, but getting them in the right seats on the bus? Was it Jim Collins or Stephen Covey? I think that's uh, from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Might I think that's where they come yeah. from. Um, but that, uh, that's, that's how I'm becoming a healthy leader is reading a lot of books about leadership. That's right. But going back to that, get, not just getting them at the, at, at the right leaders at the table, getting them at the right seats at the table. Yeah. Uh, getting, as he says in, in the book, it's, uh, getting them on the bus, but getting them in the right seats of the yeah. bus. Um, you'll have some good leaders that, um, they just, they need to sit at the back of the bus because their, uh, their skills or their, their, their spiritual gifts or whatever don't match what you're trying to get. They're good leaders, but they're just not capable of doing that thing. So right. you need to not only have them at the table, but have them in the right seats. Yeah. Well, you know, think about like if we can switch the metaphor from a bus to a plane. I want the pilot flying the plane. I don't want the pilot serving drinks. Now, the serving the drinks on the plane, that's a pretty important. If you've ever taken a long flight, especially meals and drinks, those things are important. And those are great things for flight attendants to take care of while the pilot's in the cockpit flying. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when we don't put the right people in the right seats and give them a voice around the table, we've got people that are pilot-level leaders serving sprites and pretzels. And we just need to get the right people at the right place. I'm such a control freak. I want to fly the plane. Right, man. It's so difficult. And not only do I want to fly the plane, I want to fly it, and I want to serve the, the, the drinks, but I want to serve people the drinks that I want them to get. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's, that's something I'm having to learn and grow in for sure. So this has been good. Here's what I think we'll do from this is we'll actually take a whole other episode and really break down these four things. So Small Church Leadership Nation, be on the lookout for that episode where we're going to talk about on a deeper level the four keys to developing the leaders around you. So in the meantime, we want to encourage you, open up your leadership. Allow people around the table to lead. 
Let the best idea win. Encourage them. Make you, John Maxwell, leadership expert, says this, that as leaders, every leader has two buckets, a bucket of gasoline or a bucket of water. And if you have somebody on your team that has a fire to do something, you can either pour gasoline on it and encourage them and let that fire get bigger, or you can pour water on it and put that fire out. I want to encourage you, and small church leadership wants to encourage you, find the fires that need the gasoline and stoke them bad boys. So, Joey, you have something else you want to share before we go on? Yeah, if you could go wherever you're getting this podcast from and give us a five-star rating, it would help us out. I would appreciate it so very much. And, Colby? You check us out on our Facebook page, Small Church Leadership. Uh, we've put some things out there. Uh, we've put some books that we've read. Uh, they've been posted on there a couple times. Uh, tell us what you're reading because we're always looking for something to something to read, something to add to our uh, our libraries. So if you're reading something that you're like, man, this would be great for leadership, uh, tell us about it. Uh, maybe it's something that you think would be great for other past other small church leaders to have. Uh, we'll read it, maybe make a podcast out of it. That's right. And you can check us out there on social media. So we look forward to it. And hey, guys, we appreciate you. Joe, you have anything else you want to share, buddy? You good? You got that? He's got that look, doesn't he, Colby? He did until you asked him that. Then he and looked like he's a puppy like, that was oh, about to no, get smacked. No, what do I do here? <laughs> so, guys, thanks for listening. On our next episode, we're actually going to talk about how to plan a sabbatical. For many of you, you have sabbatical season coming up, and right now is the time to start looking ahead at that. So we've got a pre-sabbatical checklist we're going to go over with you. So make sure you tune in for that. And in the meantime, we're praying for you and believing for your best in ministry. This has been the Small Church Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we are prayerfully and hopefully helping the small church fulfill the big mission. I'm Brian. I'm Joey. And I'm Colby. And we will see you next time. Bye now.